Our second reading today comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he wouldn't have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor owed two debtors, had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay it, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them would love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins which were many, have been forgiven. Hence she has grown, shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Last Sunday, on the show This Week with John Oliver, something amazing happened. John Oliver gave away more money during his show than is ever given away during any television show. If you're not familiar with John Oliver, he's a British comedian who got his start on The Daily Show and has taken over this weekly show where he takes a comic approach but makes serious points about issues. And he was talking last Sunday about debt collection and how when somebody defaults on a debt, another company will come in and buy those debts for pennies on the dollar. 
They might buy a $10,000 debt for $10. And then whatever they could harass you into giving is profit for them. And to prove this point about how easy it is to buy bad debt, he bought enough debt, he bought $15 million worth of medical debt. And these are people who had so many medical issues, had been in the hospital, had had medical bills, that they just could not keep up and defaulted. When I was in my early 20s, I worked as a manager at Books A Million. And I remember before I was promoted to manager, I worked with a woman, Lucy, who would have been a far better manager than I was. And I wasn't the only one that thought so. Management thought so. And they kept trying to promote her, but you had to pass a credit check to be promoted. And she had some serious medical issues in her past and had amassed so much debt that she could not pass the background check and the credit check so she could not be promoted. So John Oliver thought of people like Lucy and people like that and bought $15 million worth of debt and forgave it all. $15 million worth of medical debt erased in a moment. And I'd already begun preparing for this sermon and I looked up and I thought, thank you God when I heard this because it fits perfectly in today's scripture about forgiving debt. In today's scripture, a Pharisee, Simon, invites Jesus into his home. And this woman of the city, this woman who is a sinner, hears about this and goes to see Jesus. And as soon as she sees him, she begins to weep and cry. She cannot control herself. And she brought this jar, expensive jar of ointment. And she cries on his feet and she dries them with her hair. And she cannot stop kissing her feet, his feet. And when his feet are dried, she puts and anoints him with this expensive ointment. And Simon the Pharisee sees all this and thinks, this man thinks he's a prophet? Doesn't he know who this woman is? Doesn't he know what her reputation is, that she is a sinner, an unclean person, and yet he is letting her touch his feet repeatedly? And Jesus, having a knack of people, knows that Simon is thinking this. He says, Simon, and Simon says, yes, speak. Jesus says, imagine there was someone who two people owed him money. One person owed him $500, the other owed him 50 But neither could pay. So the man said, you're both forgiven. Who do you think loved him more? And Simon said, well, I guess the one that owed him more money. And Jesus said, you're correct. And then he turns the table on Simon and says, you invited me into my home, but you didn't even give me water to wash my feet. This woman washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You did not welcome me with a kiss, but she cannot stop kissing my feet. You did not give me oil to anoint me on the head. She has anointed my feet with this expensive alabaster ointment. She has shown great love. Hence, she is forgiven. And that verse 47 right there is so important. And it's so tricky because of the Greek that it's written in. I'm going to read that again to you. 
Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. The Greek word, which the NRSV translates as hence, has two meanings. Hence, or because. And depending on which word you choose as filling out that verse, completely changes the meaning. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. Her sins are forgiven, so she shows great love. Or therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven because she shows great love. So which is it? Does she show great love because her sins are forgiven? Or are her sins forgiven because she shows great love? It completely changes this entire passage. And some translations use hence, some choose because. But I think when we look at the passage in its whole, and when we look at the whole of Scripture, we see that it's hence. That she shows great love because her sins are forgiven. Her sins being forgiven do not depend on her love, but her love is is because she's forgiven. In Mark chapter 12, verse 31, Jesus says, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But there's something about that passage we never talk about. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But sometimes, it's hard to love yourself. Sometimes we're filled with loathing for ourselves. Sometimes we despise ourselves. Sometimes we're overcome with shame and guilt that we can't imagine loving ourselves. If we've done something in our past, if we've sinned against God or against our neighbor, if we've done something we're ashamed of, we're embarrassed of, we carry shame and guilt we begin to believe that we are not worthy of being loved even by ourselves and I think that's how the woman in this story feels this woman who is told constantly that she is not worthy as soon as she sees Jesus she begins to cry because she knows she is not worthy She is a sinner. Everybody knows this. That's how she's known as a sinner. We don't even have her name, but we know she is a sinner. She's someone looked down upon. And if she should ever forget she's not worthy, society's there to tell her. Society is constantly telling her, You are not worthy. You are not worthy to come into the Pharisee's house. You are not worthy to touch Jesus. You are not worthy to be among these decent and civilized people. But Jesus tells her something else. Jesus hears people telling her she's not worthy. But Jesus lifts her up. Jesus turns her into the hero of the story. Jesus tells her she is worthy. Jesus tells her she is loved. 
And that's what I take from today's passage. Is that if you have done something in your past, Jesus loves you. If you are ashamed or carry guilt, Jesus loves you. If you are broken, trodden down, looked down upon, despised, Jesus loves you. Even if you cannot love yourself, Jesus loves you. Guilt, shame, unworthiness can be a huge burden. It could weigh us down. I remember when I was six, seven, maybe eight years old, my grandmother got me two G.I. Joe figures for my birthday. And these were my first G.I. Joe figures, and I treasured them because they were neat and they were fun and because my grandma gave them to me. And so one day I decided to take them to school, which I was not allowed to do. And we were outside at recess, and for some reason we decided they should be paratroopers. So we're throwing them up in the air as high as we can. And I have no idea to this day where it came down. But I still had one, so I had learned not to throw it up in the air. So I put it back in my pocket till I got in class, and I got bored with the lesson and started playing with him, and my teacher saw him. And now I've not seen that one either. (laughs) And I remember I went home at that night. And I was laying in bed as a seven or eight-year-old. And I felt so guilty. Here are these presents from my grandma, these toys that I loved, that I took to school when I wasn't supposed to. And because of that, I didn't have them anymore. And somehow I made it through the night and went on with my day the next day. And then the next night... I still couldn't sleep. Now, I've often said that when God was handing out consciences, he's like, here you go, Fred, here you go, Steve. Oh, Chris, this one's for you, and gives me a huge conscience, because what seven-year-old carries this much guilt about it? But after four or five nights, I remember in the middle of the night, going up and crawling into my parents' bed and waking my mom up and saying, Mom, I did something terrible. And of course, she's terrified. And I was like, I took the G.I. Joes to school. And she's like, Oh, that's okay. Go back to bed. (laughs) And that's all it took. My mom, forgiving me for that, took that burden away from me. And I slept like a baby that night. Seven years old, I was a baby, but still, I slept so well. I didn't realize if I had this huge guilt and I needed somebody to forgive me. When we sin, when we hurt God, when we hurt our neighbors, when we hurt our brothers and sisters, we carry that burden with us. We carry that guilt with us. And it weighs us down. And it might make us feel unworthy of loving ourselves. And if we don't love ourselves, we can't properly love others. But even when we can't love ourselves, Jesus loves us. The Son of the God who created the heavens and earth loves us. The Son of God who created all that we see says that you are worthy. 
And He takes away our sin. He lifts that burden from us. Because of that, we are freed. We are freed from that burden. And we're freed to love others as we love ourselves. Because we're freed to love ourselves. And we're free to love Jesus. And to follow Jesus. This woman's sins are forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. Because her sins are forgiven, she's able to show great love. Because she's been freed of the burden of guilt, of sin, of regret, of her past, she is freed to love me, to love God, to follow Christ. Jesus ends reminding the woman, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Go in the peace of knowing you are no longer burdened. Go in the peace of not letting your sin, your regret, your unworthiness weigh you down. Go in the peace of knowing that you are worthy that the God who created the heavens and earth loves you. Go in peace. Amen.